Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As we've alluded to on our other shows, this offseason, our Crack Rackets team attempted to speak with every Power 5 men's and women's head coach employed throughout the college tennis world. We asked each of them about their team's respective 2021 seasons and what we should expect from them here in 2022. Of course, we also offered them a platform to share their thoughts on some of the big picture topics in college tennis. It is a fantastic series that our team is ecstatic to finally start sharing with the broader college tennis community over the next six weeks. Fans can expect no fewer than 10 episodes a week to be posted on this feed. A huge shout out to our friends at Tennis Point for their support with this series. Remember, go to tennis-point.com right now. Use that promo code CR15 to express your thanks. With all of that said, we're ready to get to today's episode. So Westoff, hit those credits. Let's start today's show. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Joining us on the podcast once again today, now a returning champion here on the Cracked Interview Show. Of course, you know him as a former, I say standout, not really, at player at Michigan State University. Of course, now entering his 17th season as the head coach for the Illinois men's tennis program. Welcome back to the show. Head coach Brad Dancer. Coach, happy belated Thanksgiving to you and your family. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I'm sure you're uh, riding high after the the big Wolverine football win over there. This so. is the first time in my life living in Indianapolis has had a perk where it's like, <laughs> oh, I get to go to this game. Let's go. Yeah, I'm very excited. It should be a fun weekend. And yeah, you know, I've grown accustomed to Michigan beating Ohio State after this past year. First win in men's tennis, first win in football. It's been a good year for Alex Gruskin. But of course, it's been a good year for the Illini as well. It was a sensational 2021 season that I want to talk about. But before we get to that, one of my favorite events on the tennis calendar, one of the events that I would say helped me fall in love with the sport, and I'm not buttering you up but it is the champagne challenger because obviously that event has always been the perfect nexus of things i love you get young americans working their way up the challenger ranks you get college guys who get the opportunity to compete at the challenger level just all of those things that helped me fall in love with the sport and obviously this past champagne challenger was particularly exciting the rise of stefan kozlov or the re-emergence of kozlov continued he earned the title but over a guy whose banner hangs up on the wall in alex vukic 
who makes that Challenger Finals. Had a fantastic 2021, really fantastic 15 months since the tour resumed in August. And, you know, not only did you have that event, I think you had four ITFs, five ITFs this past summer, something crazy like that. Uh, I'm curious for you, you know, again, the commitment to pro tennis you guys have made as an Illini men's tennis program, what is that commitment? You know, why that commitment? Why are you so determined to, you know, again, give your players these many opportunities to not only compete amongst the pros, but to see the pros as well? Yeah, I, mean, I think for us, it's really simple. We're, you know, we always talk about us being a gateway and, and, and we feel like we're one of the few programs that, that maybe have a lot of players that are able to make that transition. So it's, it's, it's number one, just helping, helping that transition, right? As you, you get to, you get to eat here, train here, everything's familiar for you. You get to play on your home courts and, um, and, and, and it keeps the cost down, right? So these guys aren't having to go travel around the world to, you know, to play. And, and then I think that the only other secondary thing too, is, is we get a lot of prospects that come on campus and, and play our events and, and we feel pretty lucky and spoiled with our facilities here so it's a good chance for us to showcase uh you know all the commitment that uh, that our athletic department has made to the tennis program over the year and i was inundated by that commitment throughout the course of the 2021 season and i got to experience and i get it now and i've talked to you about this privately the buzz around illinois men's tennis and obviously it's been two decades of just continuous success one of the great runs in men's tennis history certainly and I'm, I'm curious, again, what sort of buy-in does it take from the community? And it, it, I know Champagne comes out for these sort of events. What does that mean to you in the program? Yes. You know, again, we just – we had, I had two, two of our big boosters in here this morning, you know, talking with me. And, and again, they just stopped by and popped in the office, you know. And so it's, I, I think it's the, – the fact that Atkins is a, is a public facility and, and so people are playing tennis and they know the coaches. And, you know, of course, Coast is best friends with virtually every single person in Champaign. And so – it's, um, you know, I think just, it's just a, it always feels like a family here and, and we always, you know, you try to sell that in recruiting, but it never really works. And then it's, it's not until people get here and, and they see these people day in and day out. And then they come to the matches and you develop these relationships and, and people are supporting people, you know, in their, in their endeavors after school. And it's just kind of like, again, it's a, it's a, it's a family that, I don't think you can, it's hard to, to, to put words to it other than it's just a feeling in a sense that, Hey, there's a lot of people back in you here. There's a lot of alumni that care and uh, we're all in it together. So now you talk about that family feeling and this is how I can get into 2021. You know, I say this lovingly, Probably everything went wrong in 2020, and thankfully the season was, you know, no one was more grateful for the season to be ended probably than you guys up in Champaign. You guys, you know, five and six through the start of the year, and obviously that was not the start you guys had expected. Opening weekend, you know, you play Wisconsin before the national indoors, but very opening night, you guys beat USC, you know, just a sensational match and was such a pleasure to be on the call for that. What does that say about the family? You know, again, that atmosphere, the culture you guys have built that right out of the gates in 2021, your guys were ready to bounce back the way that they did. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to argue with you first okay. and, and I'm going to go back and say that it, the coaches, we were not doing some things well in 2020. Sure. And I think we had a we had a moment there about about three weeks before the season shut down where our team challenged us to do some things differently. We started doing them differently. And I, I really, I was confident maybe the rest of the country wasn't that we were going to have a great finish to 2020. So I, I felt like we were going to kind of get to where we usually are in that. So that's my first, my first point to you, Gruskin, is, sure. is I think we were, we were on the rebound and ready to go in 2020, but you no, know, 2021, it was, it was, 
you know, it's so nerve wracking because we didn't play in the fall. You, you're not, we're not testing ourselves. We're not, you know, usually we do a lot of preseason type events in January. And, you know, I called Danny up. I said, Danny, we're hosted indoors. I said, we haven't played a match. Will you come down here and play us? You know, like I didn't know what to do. And so, um, you know, that was awesome that they came down. We played that match and it was funny. Our guys, you know, they, we played pretty well in that match against Wisconsin. And I remember th this was a big moment for us in the locker room where one of our younger guys who hadn't played said, well, man, we're going to have to, we're going to have to really step it up on whatever Friday or whatever night that was. And Kova, Kova, not necessarily, you know, you know, not known for Mr. Leadership out there, but Kova spoke up immediately and he said, no, you don't. No, you don't. He goes, just all you got to do is, is bring the same level of concentration you did tonight. And, and it was it was so weird because I don't think Cove has ever, you know, sort of piped up. And, you know, that's always the VOOC or someone else, you know, doing that. And so it was really powerful and impactful for us, I think, to have him, you know, not a really an outspoken guy kind of say that just immediately. And I think it set the tone for us of like, hey, we, we're good enough and let's let's go play. And then that was just uh, what, a, what a fun weekend that was. And I, the only thing is. Down, we didn't have fans here, you know, to experience it. But everything else was was really fun. Yeah, no, it was a hell of a weekend. And you talk about those senior leaders, and obviously Kova goes eleven and one on this season at number one singles. And then you've got Zeke, who's you know seventeen and two overall on the year. And for him to be able to clinch that Big Ten championship, what a special moment that was. What was the leadership you saw from those guys? How you know what example do they set at the top? How important is that leadership in you know putting together a twenty three and three season? It's, you know, it, it's, you always hate to say it, but, you know, you can coach all you want. We, and we try hard here. You know, we try really hard, but you got to have great people. And, um, and we, you know, we, and we knew this the day they came in as freshmen, you know, it's funny. We, I told the story at the, at the banquet we had for him, but the freshman year in the dorms, Zeke and Gee got written up for misbehavior, uh, which sure. it takes a lot, you know, so yeah. usually it's, you know, you hate to say, but some sort of drugs or something else. And so it goes up to the chancellor. I get a letter of admonishment from the chancellor, you know, that your athletes are misbehaving in the dorms. Well, come to find out they, they were playing ping pong and, and, and smack pong, where anytime you lose the point, you got to lift up your shirt and, and the other guy whacks you with the ball. With it. They, they got told to stop like seven times. And of course, you know, they never stopped. And so that's one of my favorite stories about those guys is, you know, Guy and Zeke are getting written up in the dorms for making too much noise playing ping pong. You know, it's not, it's not having a party or whatever else, but it's just competing and yelling and screaming. And, and I just feel like they, those guys and, and uh, Kova and Vuk and Noe, they just, set the tone of that of like listen i don't care what it is we're, we're going to compete and battle in it and it's going to be noisy and it's going to be loud and and we're going to come and so it was just i think that reflects my personality a little bit and that's why it's probably such a connection with that crew a little bit yeah no absolutely and you know again you reference the fact no fall last season and that was something that was so difficult for so many teams you could see it at the national indoors just the lack of continuity in so many different lineups and rosters and in particular in doubles it felt like that was felt the most and i've told you i'm interviewing all the power five coaches i've found the range it's usually seven to ten doubles teams throughout the course of the year now i know injuries play a role and you know kova's going to play pro events as he needed to do last season that plays a role but i want to congratulate you you've set the record 14 doubles teams last season i'm curious coach is that a byproduct of you know searching for answers is it a lack of continuity you know is it the lack of fall what leads to that number and ultimately what do you think of the team's doubles performance it's felt like you guys did find your rhythm by the end 
Yeah, well, it's funny. At the end, I felt really good about yeah. where we were. Um, I loved our teams at the very end. Mm -hmm. And if you would have told me that in the beginning, you know, we were so different. And that's one of my issues. You know, it's one of the things I talk about all the time. I don't think we should be in tournaments bound to a doubles lineup. I think we should be able to have the, the ability to, to, to change some teams up because you just – you just don't know what's going to work chemistry wise. You know, again, the guy's got a sore shoulder and he maybe needs to sit for a day. And all of a sudden you got to, you got to reshuffle all your lineup. So I think at the end, I loved them. Kova and Hunter were great. Uh, no way. And Seeps would have never, we put them together as an off team one day in practice for other teams to practice against. And all of a sudden they started beating people all week long with that. So oh, we'll, we'll give them a try and then, and then lose, you know? Yeah. And so they had a, they had a unique chemistry. So, you just don't know those things. And, and I think we've got to be a little more flexible um, in tournaments in the ITA and NCA in terms of how we go about that. That's that is 14 too many. I imagine there's a lot of sleepless nights there. <laughs> I'm going to start leaving that all up to coach, you know, coach just roll them out there. However you want uh, No, leave it up to Sam. I think she'd do the best job personally. Yeah, She's watched <laughs> as closely as anyone, but you know, it, it's interesting. You talk about what these tournaments should be in the fall. And that's something I've discussed with so many different coaches here in this series is what is the role of the fall? Because if the point of the fall is to prepare teams best for the spring dual match season, why are we playing individual events? You talk to every SEC men's coach last fall, and they say the hidden duels we played were the key that unlocked everything. And every coach will also then add, we knew Tennessee was going to be amazing because they were killing all of us. And, you know, there's something to that, that the hidden duel is the closest facsimile you can have to a dual match prior to the start of the season. And, you know, for me, and I I'm, apologize for the monologue here, I do want to hear your thoughts, of course, but... If you move the NCAA individual tournament to the fall, well, okay, now I see there's an individual portion of the year, there's a team portion of the year. But outside of that, it's just like, what are we really doing with the fall? And I'm curious what you view the role of the fall as, and if you do did see, you know, the hidden duels that were being played and, you know, have any reaction to that. Uh, I did see him. We've done them in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we love the format again. You, you got a situation where you're again, creating a mock, uh, you know, mock scenario. Like you said, the closest thing you have to it. Um, you know, it's, it's such a great question. I, I for, for me, it's, it's number of quality competitions. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and for whatever reason, you may have just hit on that in those mock duels. Maybe people feel like, you know, maybe the the quality goes up a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I have really mixed emotions on the whole thing. I, you know, I've, I've been hearing all these sides, all the arguments, uh, you know, across the board. And, and, and I think there's uh, people want to protect the things we have, which is really understandable. Uh, but we're also at a place where, you know, we've, we've got to figure out ten, college tennis. How do, how do we grow, right? Like, how, how do we grow and, and get more exposure? Um, you know, I think wrestling is one of the examples I often use where, 15 years ago, they were, they were a lot of people say done, you know, like just yeah. done across the board. And now they're, you know, they're on ESPN for the championships. They're selling out massive arenas uh, for the championships. And so it's really impressive with what they've done. Um, and, and people say, Oh, well, wrestling's got such a niche of fans. Well, well tennis has a niche of fans too. And so, you know, look, look at you, right. I mean, you're a, you're a rabid, crazy tennis fan that, that's reaching that, that you, and you know, your niche. So mm -hmm. th those people that are listening to you and corresponding with you, we've got to connect with them and, and figure out how to, how to galvanize those troops and, and get them coming to, to big championships and supporting those types of events.
And obviously, we've got the big championship 2022 NCAAs coming to Champaign. Believe me, we'll get there. Um, But I know this is a topic near and dear to your heart. And, you know, last year, I got to experience it for the first time, the month-long slog that is NCAAs. And thankfully, Florida doesn't have an income tax because we were all paying it by the end of the time there. You are officially a resident. And, I mean— You've seen the runs, like the the ones that stand out, Jameer Jenkins, for him and his team to win in 2013, then he makes this the doubles and singles final. It's just this immense effort, and you don't want to rip those sorts of efforts away from athletes. At the same time, you know, to get back to the earlier point, it, it's, it's a long slog, and like the idea of moving the NCAA tournament separately is one that's been discussed before, but I see the appeal of it, and I think if the reason we're not doing it is because, well, we've always done it this way, that's really stupid. And so I'm curious, you know, what what you feel about the NCAA individual tournament. Obviously, you've had guys make big runs. You can go back, look at Kova last year, look at Kova 2019, makes the semifinals. You know that slog. Uh, what are your thoughts on the individual? I've got so – guy. I'm all across the board on this. I really am. I'm not just trying to be a politician, but um, I I love the idea. I love the idea of the spring being team only and culminating in a team championship that, that everybody's been playing for. And and that's sort of being the pinnacle that the championship is over. We're done. You know, I love that. Um, At the same token, there's a little bit of nostalgia for me for the triple crown winners. The Alex O'Brien's that, you know, and and some of these guys that pulled off, like you said, this amazing slog. And that was back when they had to play two matches in a day at sometimes, you know, so it's like the respect factor goes, goes up, you know, across the board on that. So, you know, there's a little bit of nostalgia. I mean, like these guys were able to grind through and have this amazing experience. But so those are those are sort of the opposite ends of those spectrums. Um, and then it's just trying to figure out, I think, again, what what could be a win out of that? You know, how do you create wins out of that? And if you can make the team aspect a lot more exciting, and compelling from a TV and attendance standpoint, then let's maybe go in that direction. And then let's try to figure out how to create an individual thing that's that's also really compelling and really exciting for fans and TV and so forth. And so that to me is is probably our charge is to try to figure out if we were going to do it, how to make those two things each really compelling and exciting. And and, and again, this is I gotta be careful what I say here, but sure. you know, watching the the fans at World Team Tennis last week, you know, you know, is this a window for us yeah. to to have the individuals on the tennis channel and 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 really you know, showcasing some of the individual greatness in college tennis. Yeah, I love that. And I'll throw one radical idea that was thrown at me that I I actually very much enjoyed is the idea of what if you switched the two seasons? So you put the team in the fall, and that's – I'm sure you've heard this before, and it's just – A, and it was presented to me in this fashion. I never thought about it. If you put the team in the fall for those seniors who are not going to go on to play professionally or just are college students, you actually give them a real semester of being a college student their second semester senior year because they're done with college tennis. And I never thought of it like that, and I was like, on face value alone, that's very interesting. But then the idea of – using the spring for individual development. So you're playing the regionals, you're playing all of these individual events. And then of course, come summertime, you have an NCAA champion and you have the opportunity to send all of these players off onto the pro circuit with, you know, five month training block, essentially uh, for all these college athletes that appeal at all to you. It's not as appealing to me. Sure. Um, I think you've got a lot of competition with football mm-hmm. and, and the start of basketball, um, you know, in the fall. And, and those are things that, um, uh, you know, 
that's like going up against Monday night football or, or something sure. like that. You know, you're just not, not trying to do that. So that, that's why that's not as appealing. But the, the other thing too is, and, and this can always change and fluctuate, but right now from a developmental sense, there's a lot more professional opportunities in the fall for college players to play than there is January to, you know, say May, sure. at, particularly in the U S. So if you said, Hey, this is developmental time, man, those tournaments are tough to get into from January to May in the U S. Yeah, no, that's interesting to hear. And speaking of that development, uh, you know, one of the rules that now especially is in effect is the eight-hour rule and, you know, how often you're allowed to work with the guys. And, of course, 25 competition dates is just the number that's been settled on. Is that enough with the modern demands of tennis? I just think it's the most asinine thing in the world that a player will come to you and say, hey, Brad, can you coach me today? And you have to be like, "Ah, I can't. Like, I just think that's ridiculous. Well, don't get me started because today is our first day that we can't, but that we can't do that. And so I've got, you know, literally it's, Hey, you know, I mean, I've got five guys that have asked me basically to break NCAA rules today and get on the court with them. You know what I mean? And we're not, we're not going to do that, but it's like, Hey, listen, there's a rhythm, there's a continuity, you know, to like a consistency that helps them academically, it helps them mentally, it helps them physically. And again, we're working on things to, to try to grow skills, right? We're, everybody's like, the clock is ticking. I only got, you know, six, seven weeks until I, I need to be back in the show. And so that's that's an absurdity to me. I think the NCAA really overreached on the, on the whole, the week before finals and so forth. Um, the eight hours, you know, I understand that a little bit. I, you know, again, we, we can all work around that a little bit and work that. But when you start talking about like having nothing, like we have nothing from now through the rest of finals, that that's that's an overreach for me um, on that. I can't remember what else you asked, but that. Yeah, no, 25 up. competitive dates. Is that oh, enough? Yeah. Like, and again listen, we're creative, right? We yeah. do hidden duels. We're playing for three or four days at a time and it counts as one date. So I think that's just something we've got to accept. That's probably not going to change. Let's get creative. Let's continue to be creative. Let's sure. continue to, you know, they go play Tulsa all American or whatever else it's they, they're playing eight contests and it counts as one. So I, I think we can figure out a way to, you know, to stretch that. that that's the problem for me is like regionals. We really often don't send a lot of people to regionals because, you know, you, you win, lose, boom, you're done, whatever else. It's like, to me, you need to sleep over, you know, sleep over again. You're in a tournament and and then you're and then you're growing. So, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there. And, you know, this isn't something you guys worry about at Illinois. But while I'm sneaking them in, 500 rule got waived last year. And for fans that don't know, you got to be 500 or better to reach the NCAA tournament. Now, you've coached at non power five schools where, you know, 500 rules a little bit more impactful for a power five but is that a rule you'd like to see go away because certainly you guys don't shy away from competitive competition on your schedule obviously we'd love to see as many you know illinois kentucky illinois tcu matches as possible would you be fine with that rule going away absolutely yeah just done with it yeah, i like it all right well then we can leave that there let's go back to 2021 and i want to talk again big 10 championship now in particular you got a performance from hunter heck that and you look for Hunter throughout the course of the year. He finishes the season fourteen and five. I think he won his last nine matches that he finished. I was there at the Wisconsin match. I was there early in the season when he struggled, and to see his growth. I mean, I think in terms of fitting like a hand in a glove, Hunter Heck college tennis it just works. And I'm curious how enjoyable it was for you to see him embrace that environment and what growth you saw from him. I love Hunter. I don't think Hunter loves me, but, but I love Hunter, you know, everybody kind of loves Hunter. And, uh, I don't know why that, you know, like he just, you know, I got to get him to open up, you know, to me a little bit more. Um, but he's an outstanding young man. His, his, I hate to use this word. It's just such a, it's a, so it sounds terrible, but his talent is off the charts. I mean, the, the reality is, is, 
people talk about COVID and what COVID can do. And, and, and I just, you know, to me, Hunter can, can walk on the court with anybody anytime and, and play with them. Um, there's a growth that everybody has to go through at some time. And it's hard to pinpoint exactly what that is. Uh, but Hunter's in that, he's in that space. I mean, he's growing. And so, you know, for, you know, I, I, I kind of challenge him when, when we've got the big board up and, and we're watching, uh, you know, whether it's Kova or Vukic or Kevin or whoever, you know, playing on the big board when we're practicing, I'll, I said, I said to Hunter, when, you know, when am I going to be, you know, stopping my lesson to watch you up there? And so yeah. I kind of ask him that all the time, just to be like, you know, when's it coming? And I think that, the answer to that is it's not here right now that he's ready to make the big jump to pro tennis, but I think he's, he's starting to see that's a possibility for him in his future. Mm-hmm. And when you lose guys like Kova, Zeke, Noe, Vuk, uh, obviously he's a guy who's going to not only have to step up in the lineup and from a position standpoint, but in a leadership role, I think that's going to be the fascinating thing. I'm curious if you've seen any growth from him this offseason where, again, it's so fun to be a freshman because everything's new and there are no expectations. Well, now he knows what to expect, and you guys have some talented freshmen who you're going to want to bring along quickly. Is he ready to help do that? He's – he is – Hunter, Hunter's great. You know, yeah. again, we're, we're, we're he's still, you got to remember no fall for him last year, yeah. right? No, no, no spring training trip for us. Where like, again, we feel like a lot of growth happens on that as well. So like you can say that he's a, you know, he's finished his freshman year and stuff. We, we talk about it all the time, you know, Sipos Monsi has not had a regular college season yet. He came in January, you know, of, of 19, 20 of the season gets canceled. 21's not anywhere near a normal year. And, and then this fall, he was sick a whole bunch. You know, it's like all of a sudden, he's, he has not had any sort of a, a, a normal year yet. And so, you know, there's a little bit of us that's like, we got to get, but it still doesn't feel normal. It still yeah. doesn't feel normal yet. And it sounds crazy, but we're still working on all those things. So we want to, I always hate that expression, want to get back to something. You know, it's like, sure. oh, I got to get back to the good old days, something like that. But but we, I think our mindset is we want to get just doing the things that we, we know what, kind of successful and works and how we build the team and so forth and feel like we've had a little bit of our hands tied behind our back the last few seasons. So yeah. but we're, we're looking forward to moving forward. No, absolutely. And one guy who has definitely had at least one full college season is Alex Brown. And he's now that last connective thread between the, you know, Vukic, Hiltzik era of Illinois tennis and where we're at now. And I'm curious, you know, last year you look at the numbers, 9 and 10 at, uh, in singles. That That's not the standard AB holds himself to. But we saw him go have success in East Lansing at the Future Circuit, you know, uh, right before this, uh, here this past fall. And obviously he and Zeke end up 11 and 3 uh, in doubles on the course of the year. He found ways to contribute but now you know he's the senior he's the guy and knowing a b getting to be around him the way i uh, got to you know he is not the loud leader that zeke was he is that's not him and yet when you get an a b roar you feel it as much as anything else i'm curious what you've seen from him this fall and again he's the senior now he's the guy well i think you you alluded to um you know the run in east lansing which was which was really important for him um you know, he, he'd taken knocks uh, in his professional events. He started to win some college matches this fall and kind of regained some of his confidence. But but I think his confidence was an all-time low, you know, coming out of the summer and not having anything to do with work ethic, not having anything to do with, you know, like fully committed, fully working, fully doing everything, just kind of got dinged a little bit confidence-wise. And so 
what does he do is, you know, he doubles down like more time with me, more time with coast, you know, more, we, we've got a, a, a sports psychologist he's working with, you know, so it's like just more everything. And so what a great model for our guys. It's like a guy, you know, at, at his biggest struggles, not sort of saying like, Hey, this isn't for me anymore, but like doubling down and tripling down and just more of everything. He's on the ball machine all the time by himself, you know? So just kind of like more of everything. And so I think that, that, that uh, semifinal run East Lansing was really big for him just to kind of get the monkey off the back. Man, listen, I'm, I'm a B man. I'm, I'm, you know, the, the kind of way he's always been, which is step out of the court and, and I may lose practice sets, but when the, when the, when the lights come on, I'm there. And I think he's got a little bit of that swagger back and it's good to see. Yeah, no, and, you know, again, we know what we're going to get with A.B. We know what we're going to get with Hunter Hack. I haven't mentioned Seeps. His jump last season is probably what allows you guys to be as good as you were, that he was, you know, a top two player in the lineup, one of the, you know, 30 best players in the country. No doubt that development helps. But I'm obviously, you know, the big thing when you lose a big senior class is replacing that depth. And I want to talk about the freshman next, but – Guys like Lucas and Nick and Kawaisi and Alex, what have you – I mean, I know how hard those guys work day in, day out. I see the extra hitting they do before and after matches. But, you know, are those guys ready to contribute this season? What have you seen from them this fall? I think no question. I mean, I think when you look at uh, uh, the jumps that Kawaisi has taken over the summer and this fall uh, and where he is – um, you know, you're, you're talking about him as a depth player. I think if you ask Quaeze, he's, he's not going to be talking to you about where he's playing the depth. You know I mean? I think he sees himself as, as a big dog out there. He's not scared of anybody. We love that. And so, um, you know, and then you've got our, our transfer, Olivier Stewart, who's, who's been, you know, really impressive to us in terms of his ability to, to push people. So you can start to see, you know, there's a there's a base foundation of guys that have proven themselves a little bit through the summer and the fall in terms of what they can do. Uh, and then, like you talk about, you got Nick and Lucas and and, and Gabrielis uh, as a freshman and Petrov. And, you know, where's Petrov going to fit into that? So, you know, that that crew, um, you know, that's that's going to be interesting because one or two or, you know, whatever out of that group has is, is got to, you know, it's got to make that push. And, and so that's that's where we need to be and we keep talking about that like enough guys have sort of shown that they can beat some higher level guys and now everybody's got to kind of show that that you can do that and so it's a fun it's a fun challenge for those guys and and you know yeah you hate to see it too because a couple of those guys have started to do really well and then you know lucas got a concussion by getting hit to the tennis ball you know it's just like do gun dumb things like that that, that maybe knock a guy out for a little bit but um you know, that also may be something where guys are contributing, you know, doubles and singles. I mean, one guy's contributing singles, doubles, and so forth, and trying to figure out that out. Hopefully those are good problems that we have as we move forward. Yeah, you look at the schedule, or at least what I know, kickoff weekend, you guys are playing Ole Miss, NC State, Oklahoma. That is not an easy regional, obviously. So right off the way, things get a little tough. Uh, what's the schedule look like this year? I know now that Big Ten's – well, first of all, how happy are you to be able to play a non-Big Ten opponent, A and B? You know, are you guys getting back after it? Yeah, so we're we're excited about all that. You're gonna love this, Gruskin. So Ty and I, we probably lost our minds, but we're, we're gonna kick off the season with Ohio State here at the Atkins Tennis Center. Now we're talking. Let's go. So that's uh, January. I don't even know January something. You know, right at yeah. right after Martin Luther King weekend. That next weekend, 
uh, yeah, we're going to open with the Buckeyes. And uh, and so that'll be our, our first match before we go into kickoff. Um, so, you know, I don't know. We, you know, we lose in uh, Iowa and Minnesota and we replaced them with Ohio State and Michigan twice. So we're, we're probably the dumbest, dumbest team out there and, and uh, glutton for punishment. But, uh, you know, some good good challenges for us right away. And then, you know, gosh, we, you know, kick, Ohio State kickoff weekend, Duke, Carolina, um, you know, we're, we're live. Here we go. You know, I like indoors that. after that. So yeah, good. There's a Carolina push. I feel like TCU's coming to town, right? I remember we got hearing T- that TCU and Baylor coming to yeah, town as out, out of conference. And then, uh, yeah, then we got the Irish as well. And then, and then in the big 10. So I'll, I'll send you a schedule today. So you yeah, got like, it. would you enjoy it if like the national indoors for the NCAAs, they're just like, and Illinois gets an automatic bid to the Sweet 16 because obviously you guys are hosting this season and you've been in that position before. Again, you go back to 2013. Um, how, how much, I guess stress is the wrong word, but how, how excited are you for that opportunity? I'm sure things are in the works. No, it's, it's exactly like you said, right? It's both. It's, it's really exciting to host. We want to showcase everything that we can out there. And it's stressful because you're like, man, we got to get ourselves to the final eight, you know, and that's not <laughs> easy. And so, um, and we, and ironically, you know, it sounds awful to say, but you know, we've been very fortunate to get to Sweet 16 and beyond most of the times that we've been here. 2013, we don't. We lose in the second round, you know. And so it's kind of like you got a little egg on your face. You're the year you host. That's why I told Bresky the year they they host it one time and he wins it. I'm like, how do you <laughs> how do you put that together, Bresky? I'm like. It's amazing. Like, it's just like, it was, and I credit him all the time with that. You know, we kind of did the opposite thing. So there is a pressure on us this year, you know, to see if we can, we can be here and be a part of that. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, with all that said, a couple fun ones, and then I promise I'll let you go. Uh, Format-wise, obviously we've settled on no ad scoring. I think we're good with that. But one of the things I've wanted to ask all these coaches about, and I know these are things you think about, that lull in between doubles and singles. Because I think doubles is the best 40 minutes in tennis, period. A college tennis doubles point, three matches, Russian roulette, everything matters. The energy level is incredible. You can also follow it just a little bit more easily than you can all the singles. But then there's, you know, a five-minute break. You feed us pizza. We're very appreciative for that. But then, you know, it's like 30, 40, sometimes an hour of nothingness. It's like, does this really matter? And so to me, the thing I keep coming back to is just simultaneous starts. I I just feel like there is, you know, whether it's four singles and one doubles and everything's worth one, or you start with singles and move doubles to the end, and then a Russian roulette, sudden death, decide all doubles point might kill you. But boy, would that be fun for the fans do you feel that lull? Do you think, and do you think that five-minute break between doubles and singles, and then that first set of really nothingness, is that an issue for the product? I think it's an issue mm-hmm. for the product. I do. Um, yeah. I agree with you there. I think the changes we made when we you you forget it used to be Seven we'd come hours. we had we had a ten-minute break. We'd yeah. warm up with opponents, you know. So it was it was we lost everybody after doubles, you know. Nowadays, like at least there's no warm up with opponent. We're we're playing, you know. There's not a lot of score pressure. I think the biggest thing there's no score pressure right away, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's what right. you're not feeling for that first forty minutes of singles is there's no score pressure. So uh, to me, I think you alluded to something like you don't you don't go to a basketball game be like, well, the next thirty minutes don't really matter that much from a exactly. scoring. Like if somebody has a break, so I've always felt. Um, you know, and again, this is pretty radical, but something along the lines of something cumulative, right? Like where every game counts or every, whatever you're playing for, you're playing for something where, you know, if, if I hold serve, 
at one, one, it's a huge game because it matters, you know, in the overall concept of things. And that way you would not have that lull where you're like, Oh, it doesn't matter what's going to happen next half hour because he could always come back and win this. Like every, every something counts. So that's the one thing I've always felt that we're missing in college tennis is, uh, is some sort of like constant immediacy, if you will. Now we're talking. That I'm in. I'm in favor. The other thing I last two for you substitutions. Like I wouldn't hate if you did a simultaneous start. You know, if it's two doubles and three singles or whatever it is, let me sub those doubles guys in when they're done with their match. Or if it's not going well in this court, I'm going to use my sub. Every other sport has it. Why can't tennis? So I don't know. Now you you are teaching. Obviously, this is where people said you've been talking to dancer. I know because like <laughs> so this is we've done. By the way, we've done this. So okay. before the ITA change where you couldn't experiment format, you could, you could do anything you wanted to, as long as both coaches agreed. So we played a ton of matches with these formats, with substitutions, with cumulative scoring. So we've done it. We've done this a number of times and um, really? yes. And I love it. I absolutely love it. So, and the whole idea again, right. Is, is, um, you know, and, and I think you'd have to do it a little bit soccer style where if you bring sure. someone out, you know, they're out, you know, you can't yeah. just, you can't be going back and forth all the time type of thing. Yeah. But the whole idea is, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got Quaeze on the sideline for whatever reason, you know, it's six, five uh, in the set. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back in the day, GD Jones could break almost anybody's serve, but he couldn't hold <laughs> serve, you know? So let's say, <laughs> yeah, sure. let's say GD is broken Isner, you know, and now he's <laughs> serving six, five and I've got Quaeze on the bench. But it's not like baseball where you get warm-up pitches. Like you got to come in off the bench and you got to play, right? And yeah. so, to me, it's it's unbelievable the drama that creates, right? Because like Quaze, go out there, serve it out, and if you don't, you now got to play a tiebreaker, you know. And and you haven't returned serve, you haven't done anything. So, I I, I always think it's it's riveting, it's exciting. And again, one of the issues with that is you, you can't, it goes back to the whole team and individual. You can't have an individual season at, at the championships at the end if you're now in substitutions and all these other components. But I love it. I'm all for it. I think it would be amazing for college tennis. It also gives the coaches opportunities because we talk about this all the time. Like, hey, you know, one guy's right there ready to go and he yeah. doesn't get the call that day. Well, he doesn't get to play. You know, as opposed to like this guy goes out and bombs the first 25 minutes and like, all right, you're in now. Yeah. You, you've been you've been wanting your chance. You're in here. Here you go. You know, and so I I love it. I'm all a huge fan of substitution. I think it gives the coaches you know ability to coach more and interact yeah. more. And and then again, you got counter substitutions, right? So I bring in this guy, and so we we do a game like this in practice. And our rule is you have to play one point. Okay, so like if I make a substitution on Kosa's team. He can't immediately sub. He has to at least play one point, and, and then he can sub somebody else into that. So you, know, you figure out how that works. You can't have a simultaneous substitute. I don't know, whatever. But I'm all in. I'm in as well. You, I mean, not that I needed to be sold, but I don't know how anyone could listen to that and not be sold. And I am so sad I didn't get to see some of the substitution formats. You may have to sneak that in in a hidden duel. I'm, I'm going to call Mullins and Corey Brooks and all those guys and say, listen, give me give me an opportunity. Give me next year or something like that to, to, to goof yeah. around with this again. That's so. what I'm saying. I'm all in on that. The last thing I have for you, a timeout. And by the way, you're like Kawhi would embrace the role of the closer. Like I can see it and like put it on the video screen you're bringing in the closer like you would have so much fun with it why would we not do this i agree with you but the other one is a timeout because there are times in a match where things just get away from a team and those momentum swings are kind of the fun of college tennis so you do worry about that but again other sports have it why not tennis you call a timeout you say hey like i need three minutes everyone in three minutes out i feel like every coach would be in favor of that 
Love it. Not three minutes. That's too long, but love okay. it. Think it's fantastic. 90 seconds, just like hoops or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Fantastic. I'll give you two, two small things with that. Okay. Ferris used to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. He would just say, I'm, t- I'm taking the, I'm taking the bathroom break, take yeah, the point ex- penalty. And he's like, go ahead and have your point. I just, I just need to reset. And of course, now with tennis, take a bathroom break, you get seven minutes, eight minutes, whatever <laughs> exactly. else. So you completely kill the momentum. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you know, he said, and then Ty, one year we were playing Ty in Indiana, the big sure. 10 championships, mm-hmm. and they kind of roll us into doubles and it's going really well for them. And all of a sudden everything starts to shift. Like just, yeah. we just start turning every single match, you know, like, and we do all this flood of momentum. And one of their guys is, is kind of, you know, acting up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Ty pulled him off the court yeah, and just... literally defaulted the match. And all of a sudden the whole entire momentum shifted back to, it, it was a timeout. You know what I mean? Like he literally, Ty made a big enough scene about it that it was kind of like, Hey, you know, like it was a timeout is basically yeah. what it was, you know, and it worked and it's everything just, just shifted back the other way. And I was like, I was talking to him about that this fall. I was like, man, you got us on that one, you know? And so it's just kind of <laughs> like, I love the idea of a timeout. Love it. Yeah, no, I'm all in on that. Well, the other thing I gave every other coach to do, so this will be my last question for you, and I think you've already done it successfully, but because for so many of our fans, listeners, parents, players, this is their first time hearing from you, give me the recruiting pitch. Why should I come to Illinois? Why should I come be an Illini? I don't know. We, we you know, Marcos and I are a little crazy. We, we love to have fun. <laughs> we love to work hard. You know, if you're, if, I tell everyone, listen, don't come here if you don't want to see how good you can be. So like, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing. Like if you've got big dreams and, and you really have big dreams, come here to Illinois. If, you, if you're full of life and you got big dreams, come here. If, if you're sort of like, I just want to sit in the corner and play some tennis, this is not the place for you. You know what I mean? It's, it's a big stage. There's a lot of things going on. We're trying to get you to transition to professional tennis. We're going to pack the stands. Like, you know, this is, this is what it's going to be. So if you're kind of a guy that, that just doesn't, want to have you know be in it then this is not the place for you and if you want to be in it and have a family around you and have everything else then this is i don't know we have we have a great time i love it well you know i'm still working on my illinois mount rushmore so we'll save that segment for next time because very difficult it is very difficult i might snub rajiv i'm like did you give me enough did he give me enough like who had the better illinois career rajiv or vukic because like again if you're going by the numbers I don't know. And again, now you have to get into what is the Mount Rushmore. I mean, you're talking about snubbing Rajiv's multi-time Grand Slam winner, <laughs> Olympic medalist, like, didn't lose a match in college, NCAA champion. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you, I'm going to tell him you snubbed him. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I like that. Uh, well, <laughs> no, well, always Coach Dancer. It's a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you. Looking forward to seeing your guys compete. Obviously, happy holidays to you and your family. Be safe, be healthy, and I'm sure we'll chat more soon. Hey, I got to say this real quick. And this is you, you always blow smoke for me. So I'm going to say to you, your, your, your passion and what you're doing for college town and it's not, it's not college, it's everything. It's just craziness. I don't know. I don't know when you sleep. Cause every time I look at this tweet, I look at this and I'm like, when is he pulling up these stats? But what you guys are doing is just, it, it's what, this is overly dramatic, but it's what the world needs, right? Because we're all, we, we get so like, caught up in all these little minutiae of things. And right now you're just this breath of 
of just incredible passion and don't stop being Gruskin. I'm going to remind you that when you're, you know, when you're wealthy beyond measure because of all this crazy tennis stuff doing, not to stop being Gruskin. All right. No, the, the key is just never let anyone see the top of my head. You will always <laughs> see a hat on my head. And as long as that's the case, I can be happy. Uh, but, I, yeah. I got to copy you, man. I got to be right there. So. <laughs> no, I look again. I say it all the time. The I look forward to someday getting that Brad Dancer embrace on the changeover. I think that's the thing in my life I'm most upset I missed out on. I just wasn't good enough to. To, to get there but uh no coach always a pleasure be safe be healthy we'll chat more soon see ya another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.